Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. cause of their perishing was that they chose for their protectors gods condemned to perish. The poets, therefore, when they composed and sang these things about the conquered gods, had no intention to invent falsehoods, but uttered, as honest men, what the truth extorted from them. This, however, will be carefully and copiously discussed in another and more fitting place. Meanwhile, I will briefly, and to the best of my ability, explain what I meant to say about these ungrateful men who blasphemously impute to Christ the calamities which they deservedly suffer in consequence of their own wicked ways, while that which is for Christ's sake spared them in spite of their wickedness they do not even take the trouble to notice, and in their mad and blasphemous insolence they use against his name those very lips wherewith they falsely claimed that same name that their lives might be spared. In the places consecrated to Christ, where for his sake no enemy would enter them, they restrain their tongues that they might be safe and protected, but no sooner do they emerge from these sanctuaries than they unbridle these tongues to hurl against him curses full of hate. CHAPTER Four. Troy itself, the mother of the Roman people, was not able, as I have said, to protect its own citizens in the sacred places of their gods from the fire and sword of the Greeks, though the Greeks worshipped the same gods. Not only so, but Phoenix and Ulysses fell, and the void courts by Juno's cell were set the spoils to keep. Snatched from the burning shrines away, there Ilium's mighty treasure lay, rich altars, bowls of massy gold, and captive raiment rudely rolled in one promiscuous heap, while boys and matrons, wild with fear, in long array were standing near. In other words, the place consecrated to so great a goddess was chosen, not that from it none might be led out a captive, but that in it all the captives might be immured. Compare now this asylum, the asylum not of an ordinary god, not of one of the rank and file of gods, but of Jove's own sister and wife, the queen of all the gods, with the churches built in memory of the apostles. Into it were collected the spoils rescued from the blazing temples and snatched from the gods, not that they might be restored to the vanquished, but divided among the victors. While into these were carried back, with the most religious observance and respect, everything which belonged to them, even though found elsewhere. There liberty was lost, here preserved. There bondage was strict, here strictly excluded. Into that temple men were driven to become the chattels of their enemies, now lording it over them. Into these churches men were led by their relenting foes, that they might be at liberty. In fine, the gentle Greeks appropriated that temple of Juno to the purposes of their own avarice and pride, while these churches of Christ were chosen even by the savage barbarians as the fit scenes for humility and mercy. 
but perhaps after all the greeks did in that victory of theirs spare the temples of those gods whom they worshipped in common with the trojans and did not dare to put to the sword or make captive the wretched and vanquished trojans who fled thither and perhaps virgil in the manner of poets has depicted what never really happened but there is no question that he depicted the usual custom of an enemy when sacking a city chapter five even caesar himself gives us positive testimony regarding this custom for in his deliverance in the senate about the conspirators he says as sallust a historian of distinguished veracity writes that virgins and boys are violated children torn from the embrace of their parents matrons subjected to whatever should be the pleasure of the conquerors temples and houses plundered slaughtered and burning rife in fine all things filled with arms corpses blood and wailing if he had not mentioned temples here, we might suppose that enemies were in the habit of sparing the dwellings of the gods. And the Roman temples were in danger of these disasters not from foreign foes, but from Catalan and his associates, the most noble senators and citizens of Rome. But these, it may be said, were abandoned men and the parricides of their fatherland. CHAPTER six. Why then need our argument take note of the many nations who have waged wars with one another, and have nowhere spared the conquered in the temples of their gods? Let us look at the practice of the Romans themselves. Let us, I say, recall and review the Romans, whose chief praise it has been to spare the vanquished and subdue the proud, and that they preferred rather to forgive than to revenge an injury, and among so many and great cities which they have stormed, taken, and overthrown for the extension of their dominion, let us be told what temples they were accustomed to exempt, so that whoever took refuge in them was free. Or have they really done this, and has the fact been suppressed by the historians of these events? Is it to be believed that men who sought out with the greatest eagerness points they could praise, would omit those which, in their own estimation, are the most signal proofs of piety? Marcus Marcellus, a distinguished Roman who took Syracuse, a most splendidly adorned city, is reported to have bewailed its coming ruin, and to have shed his own tears over it before he spilt its blood. He took steps also to preserve the chastity even of his enemy. For before he gave orders for the storming of the city, he issued an edict forbidding the violation of any free person. Yet the city was sacked according to the custom of war, nor do we anywhere read that even by so chaste and gentle a commander orders were given that no one should be injured who had fled to this or that temple. And this certainly would by no means have been omitted, when neither his weeping nor his edict preservative of chastity could be passed in silence. Fabius, the conqueror of the city of Tarentum, is praised for abstaining from making booty of the images. For when his secretary proposed the question to him, what he wished done with the statues of the gods, which had been taken in large numbers, he veiled his moderation under a joke. For he asked of what sort they were, and when they reported to him that there were not only many large images, but some of them armed, Oh, says he, let us leave with the Tarentines their angry gods. Seeing then that the writers of Roman history could not pass in silence, neither the weeping of the one general nor the laughing of the other, neither the chaste pity of the one nor the facetious moderation of the other, on what occasion would it be omitted if, for the honour of any of their enemies' gods, they had shown this particular form of leniency that in any temple slaughter or captivity was prohibited? CHAPTER Seven. All the spoiling, then, which Rome was exposed to in the recent calamity, all the slaughter, plundering, burning, and misery, was the result of the custom of war. 
But what was novel was that savage barbarians showed themselves in so gentle a guise, that the largest churches were chosen and set apart for the purpose of being filled with the people to whom quarter was given, and that in them none were slain, from them none forcibly dragged, that into them many were led by their relenting enemies to be set at liberty, and that from them none were led into slavery by merciless foes. Whoever does not see that this is to be attributed to the name of Christ, and to the Christian temper, is blind. Whoever sees this, and gives no praise, is ungrateful. Whoever hinders any one from praising it, is mad. Far be it from any prudent man to impute this clemency to the barbarians. Their fierce and bloody minds were awed, and bridled, and marvellously tempered, by him who so long before said by his prophet, I will visit their transgression with a rod, and their iniquities with stripes. Nevertheless my loving-kindness will I not utterly take from them. CHAPTER Eight. Will someone say, Why, then, was this divine compassion extended even to the ungodly and ungrateful? Why, but because it was the mercy of him who daily maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust? For though some of these men, taking thought of this, repent of their wickedness and reform, some, as the apostle says, despising the richness of his goodness and long-suffering, after their hardness and impenitent heart, treasure up unto themselves wrath against the day of wrath, and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds. Nevertheless does the patience of God still invite the wicked to repentance, even as the scourge of God educates the good to patience. And so, too, does the mercy of God embrace the good that it may cherish them, as the severity of God arrests the wicked to punish them. To the divine providence it has seemed good to prepare in the world to come, for the righteous, good things, which the unrighteous shall not enjoy, and for the wicked, evil things, by which the good shall not be tormented. But as for the good things of this life, and its ills, God has willed that these should be common to both that we might not too eagerly covet the things which wicked men are seen equally to enjoy, nor shrink with an unseemly fear from the ills which even good men often suffer. There is, too, a very great difference in the purpose served both by those events which we call adverse, and those called prosperous. For the good man is neither uplifted with the good things of time, nor broken by its ills. But the wicked man, because he is corrupted by this world's happiness, 